you are listening to Let's Talk Security podcast where we interview cybersecurity startup founders and enterprise CEOs cover the latest in security threats and best practices I am Arvind a founder of Newfang and Skizzy Shikil why don't you give us a quick introduction about yourself and Astra Security First of all thanks a lot for having me So Astra Security is all about making web security super simple for businesses because not a lot of businesses understands nitty-gritties of security and that's one of those problems it's best outsourced and left to experts so Astra Security is a SaaS product that comes with a firewall malware scanner that makes sure that it's the external security team uh, any business didn't have and talking about me i'm uh, one of the founders of astra security and wo- i work mostly on uh, marketing and product and i come from a little bit of a security background where i found vulnerability in various giants and helped them secure their businesses and then eventually started astra interesting i guess anybody working in security to an extent has some background in it right totally totally i mean it's one of those industries that people do need to have some sort of uh, background some sort of domain knowledge to actually step in because how niche this could become and you, even within security i would say that you know no one can ever claim that that you know there are security experts because security in itself has such multiple diverse sub components right be it your wireless security network security iot iot security so you're never a security expert yeah. just a student of the trade that's true so quick question before we move on to our discussion which development or trend do you personally find most exciting in cyber security right now sure so i think one of the uh, no, no particular one trend but of course uh, we can't definitely ignore blockchain that as a tech that has come up i'm not going into crypto side of things but mm-hmm. blockchain as a trend itself and even the fact that you know we are talking about this term called decentralization right it's a big big thing right and how that is going to change the entire situation you know like financial contracts to even how we are managing our money to how we are doing everything under the sun right so that is a huge huge trend definitely and apart from that i think iot security is becoming huge with mm-hmm. a 5g coming in in the next few years right i think there would be possibility of almost everything connected to the internet the one one thing that we've been talking since so long i think with 5g setting in that would become so close to reality so with that in mind i think security of iot devices would become would become a huge huge thing in coming years i totally uh, agree with that especially since you know I also have skin in the game of building a blockchain security product. I will agree with you on that. <laughs> totally. I mean, I, I think uh, uh, we are two people like, you know, uh, different sides of the same coin in that case. Right. Yeah. So uh, when did you start Astra and uh, how did the founding team meet? Could you share that story? Sure. So we started Astra Security a couple of years or so ago. how me and my co-founder anand met was a good 70 years ago when we were studying computer science in in our university and we actually met over a debate which was very like a very intense debate on in the social media club of our university back then so and then we eventually started talking and he used to run a, a blog and i used to run a different blog and we used to uh, discuss and exchange seo tips back in the day you know, 
and um, his blog was around tech my blog was around security and we ended up talking you know how to make money on the internet seo security so many different things and then uh, eventually we got known as the security guys around the block in the university and one of the alumni of a university mm-hmm. said that you know i'm working in this big multi million dollar funded startup and we are considering doing a security audit why don't you guys help us so we helped them and as i say rest is history we had to register an organization then and started doing such security audits for various businesses banks financial institutions and eventually passed out and after talking to these businesses we realized that you know cxos of the organizations even ctos are so clueless when it comes to security they have the right intentions they want to spend on security they want to take care of security they want to talk about it and even do anything they can to implement security however the domain expertise or getting the right direction which tool to use how to use if tool at all is needed here and who would be operating this so that that's where we actually realized that you know we were just at the tip of the iceberg doing consulting and then security audits for businesses we could do mm-hmm. much more by building a product for such businesses for small and medium enterprises where they do not have to be security experts to have a great security solution protecting the business so that's how astra was born and that's how uh, anand and i decided to build this product and come together as founders so that sort of segues into my next question about what gap did you notice in the market that compel you to start astra and how has that problem evolved over the years so i guess you answered the first part <laughs> of it that uh, the market sort of pulled you into building this do you attribute it to sort of skill gap that exists in these small and medium scale enterprises definitely i, I won't even call that directly a skill gap because it's just that you know to give a for the lack of better comparison security is like especially a especially something if you need something for a continuous protection and security something protecting you 24/7 right so mm-hmm. in that in that situation you can't have people doing something for you like so compare it with developers or website development for that matter someone needs to get a website developed they hire a developer and they uh, get that catered however even if you are hiring a security engineer uh, that security engineer can suggest you best practices of pinpoint a few vulnerabilities help you patch them or suggest mm-hmm. the right tools and now when businesses are let's say even 50 people or 100 or even a couple of 100 people we've seen they do not necessarily have a dedicated security team or even one person doing security on board it's usually their system admin or their cto or even or some uh, security savvy developers who are taking care right. of security so they there definitely is a skill gap but in terms of exact gap i would say there's a product gap also on like mm-hmm. someone not serving that market or building enough solutions for that market so that was very evident after talking to these businesses who were ready to spend money but did not know exactly where one of the ceos of a big organization even called their existing security product a gym membership that they ended up mm-hmm. renewing every year but they never used it because of whatever reason so we just thought that you know it's time to make a gym membership that people actually use so interesting and how have you seen this problem evolve over the years um 
that's an interesting one so uh, in the earlier years i think it was a lot about us selling security to people where we were telling them the consequences of not taking security seriously and what could happen however that very quickly changed to people coming in and saying that you know we now understand the value of security and we are looking for a solution is there something that you cater and i think that trend can be attributed a lot to all the crazy hacks that we've seen that directly caused people financial losses or even loss of reputation so a person sees all that happening to people similar to them businesses similar to them or even their own businesses then they start realizing the value and then they come back so one in terms of how people operate one this has been a very obvious uh, trend where security companies be it astra or even around the globe are doing less of education in terms of why security is needed but they are more selling on why their solution is good and i think that's that's an excellent uh, win for the industry as a whole and mm-hmm. uh, apart from that uh, the trend has been ever increasing i mean people so people have always been i mean they they start by you know basic like an example here would be people you and me when we were first introduced to anything around internet security it would have been an antivirus so earlier yeah. people had that you know uh, uh psychology that you know i'm i'm like who can hack me i'm using and i'm using my uh i'm operating my business from a laptop which has antivirus or my website has antivirus i don't know what antivirus they were talking about they were they thought that their website has an antivirus which uh, which is which was very funny so uh now people have uh demand started to demand more of it you know they started as saying and you know can we lose a firewall or and now they want a malware scanning solution also because malware has become such a huge thing in internet security and now they're evolving and then saying that you know we want regular continuous security audits and this evolution of people and their needs in terms of security and what they are like and a uh, biggest trend has been covid right mm-hmm. uh, overnight people were forced to go work from home without any yeah. identity management solution or a vpn configured small businesses yeah. do not configure vpns in in small teams right they just do some limited ip uh, ip blocking or I, uh, limited ip access kind of thing so such external and internal events have caused people to wake up to security and in like their demands have been increasing due to a lot of natural circumstances or uh, how how the world is shaping right uh, it touched upon covid what sort of growth in any particular type of attack have you seen uh, during this period sure so one of the biggest ones has been phishing attacks and mm-hmm. this is something that something that we are like in terms of being a security company we are not actively uh, monitoring end users phishing attacks that they might be getting on their emails or their uh, whatsapps or uh, smss however still since whenever you're like you know known as a security person in a community you any like people uh, come back to you telling about you know the problem they are facing or asking some kind of advice so it's been a few months now that every other day or every week at least i get this one 
query where someone has gotten some very very targeted email mm-hmm. or a very targeted you know, a social media message where they are either they fallen as a victim to or they was like really really close and they ended up you know uh, calling me or some other person just to check and they saved themselves but phishing has been on a rise and it has been very very targeted i mean i've seen people like lawyers uh, to doctors to people up in the government who are being targeted with such uh, interesting and innovative phishing campaigns that anyone mm-hmm. like anyone even even i'll say people who are very tech savvy also would end up believing uh, into that particular message and because of covid situation uh, hackers have started like phishing is all about like you know storytelling and how you, believable you make it make, make the entire communication so we've seen that uh, hackers have you leveraged covid situation a lot by you know hacking an email account and then sending an email to all the contacts in the email list asking that i got i like my job got lost because of the covid situation and it's i mean i feel rather ashamed asking for this help but i couldn't think of anyone else so would it be possible for you to please send you know 10000 rupees as a upi xyz because my uh, i have a family to feed and what not and whenever a generation above us gets that email from a dear friend of them their first emotion that is triggered is yeah. empathy is is sympathy actually so they yeah. with payments becoming so easy with upi and paytm and what not between they seeing that email and feeling very strongly for their friend and their situation to they picking up a phone and just doing a upi transfer it's a through and through 5 minute cycle so in that situation uh, i mean they don't have to add any beneficiary or do five different things that were prevalent or a couple of years ago gift card. Buy, buy an amazon gift card absolutely so these are the things that you know the hackers really know that this is this is like one of those product engineers paradise right they made so easy to use product i mean they would like no offense to them but they are easy for hackers also and they very well know that that they'll be able to exploit this one so such hacks are definitely on the rise and a few of them which i see very directly are credit card hacking situations from websites mm-hmm. where we see that you know a vulnerability got exploited by a hacker on the website and they put out additional payment method on the checkout you know if a website is accepting only let's say paypal and somehow right. somehow that website would show credit card form which the website owner doesn't realizes until he gets support messages from customers saying that you know i have ordered this a few weeks ago and i never got a got my shipment and he says that i don't see any order and next thing he realizes is that payment got to some additional payment method that he never had on their on their website and the those payments are being redirected to somewhere so such crazy hacks are definitely on the rise since the covid situation and it's it's really nasty of yeah. hackers to do that but as end users like people are following massively to them i can relate to that there was this incident where uh, there was a google search ad for a hyperlocal grocery startup that shut down 2 years ago and uh, they're selling products at a discount it looked like the real deal and they take you to a payment checkout and there was no payment through debit or credit cards right oh. they just had a upi checkout 
wow. and they didn't have any of those typical uh, guarantee Intended. indicators right and someone like my parents who would have seen that would think it's just a regular checkout experience and that upi id was not a merchant id it was another user's id right which people like us wow. might know but a regular user just thinks it's they're making a transaction to a gateway totally that's that's really you know what i'm actually curious how even google is allowing them to you know run ads on those keywords and uh, of yeah. a brand that most likely someone else would own right if like be it a 2 year old brand they might still yeah. have those trademarks registered or something so very interesting like yeah. this is this is a new one that they're able to even run a google ad campaign on the same yeah it's it's surprising right how sophisticated uh, hackers are getting totally <laughs> they they make a lot of money if you remember the recent hack on twitter right where your bill gates to elon musk yeah. accounts were hacked and that was all due to social engineering attack on one of twitter twitter's employees so yeah. and within few minutes or hours that attack was detected and still hackers ended up being 100000 or a couple of 100000 dollars richer so yeah. it's they they know that they can extract so much out of people because of the cyber security literally literacy issue that an average joe might have so indeed i mean throws more light on you know how humans are the weakest link in any cyber security activity that an organization carries out oh totally totally i think uh, we all know about kevin mitnick who was a hacker who had yeah. fbi and the biggest weapon that he had wasn't some crazy tech that he only knew about or the crazy hack that he already knew about it was just social engineering the art of yeah. combining technology and ability to manipulate humans into believing something that they that would lead for them to give some sensitive information yeah putting them in that situation where they like you know it's it's all about i think human psychology and leveraging that i once in a while always uh, read books around psychology and especially around tech side of things how psychology is used to various books or blogs mm-hmm. and it's very interesting how such thin a line there is because Uh, we all have heard of the book or read the book hooked so yeah. when we re- read hooked we we feel so appreciative about you know how these tech products are built to become a little addictive and how as that organization they use that intelligent you know, product placement or a product that particular button was ab tested to ensure that you know a person at least spends one hour a day on this application but then similar are the things that even hackers are using they are also tapping into the same emotions uh, within us humans but using that to their own advantage in a, in a in a very negative and a criminal way so very thin line there i think the difference between chaotic <coughs> evil and chaotic good absolutely i think that thing there is no stopping like the laws in around cyber world are so weak and so different for different geographies so mm-hmm. until you've done at least a few million dollars in some kind of big scam or some crazy stuff yeah. i mean there's not going to be another government figuring uh, like you know asking other government to you know other government of another country to hand over this person and so yeah. that also i think uh, works in the favor of hackers that they know that you know the laws between countries are not so great so that yeah. adds up <laughs> with you on that you touched upon how different countries 
have their own challenges in uh, even implementing or preventing these sort of attacks and holding the people accountable so i want to understand where do your customers come from today and uh, could you throw some light around their demographics you know size regions etc sure so our around i think i'd say are more than one third of customer base that will be more than a good 35 30 35% customer base comes from the us and mm-hmm. the second geography would be europe and europe plus uk however you want to do that so that would be again a good about 25% and in the in the third position would be india and then that's the rest of the world with australia and uh, canada and all those countries so i think uh, our split between our customer base and usually our customers are small and medium businesses and small and medium enterprises anyone with a website mm-hmm. becomes our potential customer like and even if they are uh, having some sort of business on their website accepting mm-hmm. payments or even making money out of the website then it becomes even more more lucrative for them to try us for security so that essentially is a customer base a lot of businesses using cmss like wordpress which is massive at 38 39% all the websites around the globe to yeah. uh, e-commerce based cmss like magento opencart prestashop uh, and even other cmss like joomla and rupees all the world become our even better customers because we have built deep integration of plugins and extend uh, with these mm-hmm. uh, plugins so that that's what our customer base looks like uh, we definitely have on like on the security scan that we do on that side of things we do have customers who are a little bigger in size also be it financial mm-hmm. institutions banks fintech startups or ticketing startups all those right. do they find you after they've faced a breach or an attack or is it more proactive sure so like you asked initially that this is one of those trends so we initially it was they finding us after getting hacked and you know coming that seeing one of the blogs we've written on the symptoms and saying that hey this is a symptom i'm also facing facing looks like i've been hacked so let me try as a security and their solutions going to take care of it and uh, all that but however now with so much education in the form of news around hacked websites businesses mm-hmm. i mean uh, people now know that you know it's a no brainer it's one of those things that they have to have to invest in uh, and it i mean of course this is one of those things that i always said you don't have to go crazy you don't have to do an overkill when it comes to security because i mean it even if you're like if you're doing an overkill i'm the one who makes money but that's not uh but at the same time uh, I, i'm a product person so too and i understand that you know when starting a store or an online business there are 500 things you need to take care of yeah. and seeing the security status of the businesses around the globe if you're having you know a firewall a malware solution ssl ask your developer to take care of uh, you know follow good security code like good coding practices while developing your application you already are better than a good 70 80% of businesses around and it's all mm-hmm. about you know layered approach to security making uh, making work of hackers difficult so don't i mean i, I never suggest on going good do, doing an overkill that you know make security your life don't focus on sales but if you're 
not doing absolutely anything then, then that's like leaving your door of doors open and inviting hackers that's definitely not recommended it makes absolute sense uh, so i want to understand a little bit about astra's tech uh, you know open source is pretty crucial for all of us <coughs> building security products so how has that benefited in your tech stack and uh, how do you look at contributing back to it sure so i think open source is one of those internet like god's gift to internet would be open source i mean people who in their leisure time give back to the community contribute on so many amazing projects who that are now backbone of the internet backbone of operating systems backbone of whatever we do and it was built not by an organization it was built by the community like so open source is something that we since day one had this thing that you know whenever we are at a position where we can give back to open source communities we would do that and another one of the reasons where we came from was the fact like you mentioned those of us working in a security industry we know the importance of people contributing those correct frameworks or contributing those right rule sets for a latest infection or giving in threat insights uh, uh, to the community and not saying that you know i'm going to sit on this threat insight and let a million pcs or a million websites or a million systems get hacked and then come yeah. back and i i feel so glad that security is that industry where even businesses individuals uh, they are so ready to come together and share the information or threat insights that they have with businesses so we definitely use a few open source uh, projects for our uh, offerings and we support those project even financially as well as mm-hmm. contrib- contributing back to the projects by uh, in the in the form of writing code to them and we have couple of projects uh, that including hardening plugin called wp hardening for wordpress where we realize that you know a normal average joe who does not know how to strengthen or implement even basic security practices to their wordpress so we thought that you know let's make a plugin out of it that would automatically uh, implement a good 10 to 15 best security mm-hmm. practices on their wordpress website and it takes about what a couple of minutes what ideally would have taken at least 5 to 6 hours of a developer's time and that is something right. which we've made completely open source and let people contribute to it similarly there are a couple of projects that we support are always in touch with the developers contributing back in uh, in the form of supporting developers with their you know as they say buying a cup of coffee for them or yeah. ensuring that you know if they are not able to work because of whatever reasons they are like you know we talk to these developers also who are maintaining these projects and whenever it's been a while that you're working in a project just like any other hobby project there's a time where these developers feel a little you know overwhelmed that there are too many open issues in the repo mm-hmm. they 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 want that external push so we are happy to say that you know on this you know in the coming one of those saturdays in our office we are going to ask our team if they are ready to contribute to your project and we'll you know jam together and together slash out bugs and contribute to the project so for them if there are like the open source project is a huge one it's a small one but actively being maintained they need yeah. more support than others they need to feel that you know they are they are like what they are building is being used 
and they've got a team also so like these are few things that we are happy to do to uh, support uh, open source project great to hear and uh, it reminds me of an incident uh, i think happened a couple of years ago where the creator of the pgp code base uh, mentioned that he was struggling with depleting funds right and it was surprising that pgp the powers majority of the encryption in the world right. was not sufficiently funded absolutely and i think businesses are now also using open source as the new free trial yeah. so they understand the value that you know unless they are legit doing some rocket science so like spacex i think it's okay to open source their code base and even i think when organizations are also realizing that uh, it's completely okay to go the open source model let people contribute to and give a very generous open source version especially mm-hmm. if you have a developer centric product let them use and then let developers be your torch bearers within the organization and there are uh, recent successes like gitlab that have mm-hmm. become multi million dollar businesses uh, thriving on that so that's a model that 100% uh, works well if if done in the right spirit of course yeah absolutely the model of building those companies is slightly different from you know how Uh, we typically build saas companies where you have to build the community first gain adoption and then figure out you know what sort of products and value adds you can monetize absolutely yep so definitely done a little differently yeah we are nearing the end of the discussion so i wanted to ask your tips to help websites protect against common attacks you know one is the plugin that you mentioned but are there others that i can you know, quickly cover within a day or two absolutely so one of them mm-hmm. definitely is that as a business owner if you're trying to secure your website i think start by first asking your developers what are they doing for secure because a lot of times i've seen business owners do not even ask what you're doing for security and if they're given just an answer that you know we'll use ssl please disregard that answer ssl is that bare minimum now now it has like with google's changes around they absolutely wanting ssl on the websites for ranking it has become seo requirement too and ssl is all about it's all about encrypting the traffic between your website and the server right however there is a plethora of application layer vulnerabilities server level vulnerabilities that ssl has nothing to do with so first start by asking your developer what they're doing for security and by asking that you would ensure that you know they think beyond that ssl they also ensure that you know when they are coding for your application they are sanitizing inputs that's a big one this is one of those things that a lot of javascript based injection uh, injections are a direct consequence of people not sanitizing and so please sanitize inputs uh, ask your developers to do that apart from that always do not uh, whenever you are starting out it is it is like obvious where you you are trying to conserve budgets ensuring that you have enough for marketing slash hiring but do not cheap out on your hosting environments there would be a lot of places where you could be hosting your website where you could be hosting your application your saas try to go with the standard good hostings as well as be at your digital ocean microsoft stack or amazon stack and on the on those also ensure that you know you're da- rightly configuring the environments you're ensuring that you know your buckets are 
accessible from like limited uh, unauthorized access is prevented mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, all those things so and apart from that in terms of web particularly website website security it is always good to have some side of some sort of vulnerability analysis where you try to get your system your application get hacked first before hackers do so hackers mm-hmm. are like the moment it's going to be on the internet hackers are going to come they are trying to get into it so better better thing is you do that yourself and not wait for hackers and of course please use a firewall a solution for real time protection because these security audits can be periodic but you need something protecting your uh, websites in real time so that definitely would help i think security is a journey so it's all you're always as you as a business are growing you need to ask this question you know at least once every 3 to 4 months that you know what am i i grew by xyz things and i added abc features do you think there could be any consequences on security and if the answer is yes in your head do the needful so these few points should be helpful fantastic uh, suggestions so quick closing questions your advice to founders starting out building cybersecurity products today please make them simple i think that is one thing that i deeply care about and i know for a fact that a lot of business owners also who you would be uh, pitching these products to would also care about you've used the best in class tech great but please spend a little more time on uh, ux and core product side of things also and take external consultation if you want there are enough people who will guide you on uh, product habits on ux but this goes a long way this could be the single biggest factor that could separate you from your competition and and in security because not a lot of products in security are easy to use i agree it still feels like cyber sector's industry is in the 2010s uh i would say early 2000s <laughs> i'm glad you gave them a decade extra <laughs> The next one, one person on Twitter you recommend to follow. I think Naval from Angel List. And uh, where do you spend most of your time uh, to stay updated on security? Now it has been me spending less time on forums. That was which was the case a few years ago before starting out. Now subscribe to a ton of email lists around security. Uh, the Hacker News is a great channel. Not Hacker News from YC, but the Hacker mm-hmm. News. few other websites including uh, security boulevard is there and the affairs is so yep so these are a few of them and since they are a lot about web security which uh, directly concerns my line of business so i keep a tap on these one fantastic that brings us to the end of this discussion thank you so much shikil thanks for listening and see you again on next week's episode of let's talk security